This is the pilot episode of Case Matters. If you like it and you'd like to hear more episodes on different topics, please complete the short survey available in the episode notes. What if I could share with you the worst day of my professional life without fear of judgment or ridicule and without loss of respect? Could we learn together from my experience? Case Matters, a podcast series produced for members of Dental Protection, intends to do just that, to create a shared experience where all points of view are explored to help empower safer practice. Hello, my name's Dr. Annaline Weston, Dental Legal Consultant with Dental Protection, and I'm going to guide you through today's case entitled, Are You Incompetent? It may surprise some of you to know that this question is asked of dental practitioners by patients on a reasonably frequent basis. Usually, when a patient does not get the outcome they were expecting or hoping for. It would not, however, surprise you to know that competency issues are rarely a true feature in dental complaints. Many parties became involved in this matter and everyone had an opinion. But which view was correct? All of them or just some of them? And is there such a thing as the correct or right point of view in this at all? Or could it perhaps be that everyone's a little bit right and a little bit wrong? We'll hear from the people involved and also look at the final outcome to see what lessons can be learned. This case revolves around an incomplete extraction, and by this I mean that Dr. Lee did not extract all of Mr. Ryan's tooth. I'll let Dr. Lee tell you more about this in a moment, but essentially the facts of the matter are as follows. Mr. Ryan was an irregular attender and only attended the practice when he was in pain. He'd been reluctant in the past to commit to a treatment plan, although he would from time to time attend for a checkup and clean after one of his emergency appointments. Tooth number 36 had a guarded prognosis. It was heavily filled with an incomplete root filling performed when he was younger. The tooth exhibited a periapical area and an old chipped porcelain fused to metal crown. Dr. Lee had advised Mr. Ryan to consider an assessment with a specialist endodontist to see if the tooth could be managed and saved long term. Mr. Ryan didn't feel it was worth the money and stated he would rather let the tooth carry on until it failed completely and he would consider an implant at that time. Mr. Ryan called first thing in the morning reporting a throbbing, pounding, unbearable pain on the lower left-hand side that kept him awake the past three nights. He could not eat and had been taking over the recommended dose of painkillers for the last day and a half. He was now feeling nauseous and did not feel he could work. Taylor at reception scheduled Mr. Ryan for the pre-allocated emergency appointment which fell just before the lunch break. She encouraged Mr. Ryan to try and eat something before he attended. Mr. Ryan attended a little early and Taylor will tell you all about it. Mr. Ryan looked terrible when he walked in. He was pale and clammy. I asked him if he felt okay and he was a bit funny with me, but I understood. Dr. Lee always says that people in pain are not their best self and that we need to not get offended if they seem a bit rude. I went over to Mr. Ryan because I didn't want to call out at him across the waiting room and asked him if he had eaten and when the last time he had painkillers was. Mr. Ryan was holding a bottle of water to his face and then taking lots of sips of it. He said he had breakfast, but I didn't believe him. He looked weird when he said it and his breath smelt a bit funny, like when someone is on a keto diet. Anyway, I said he thought he should have a glucose drink just in case. He said no, so I left it. I sent Dr. Lee a message to the surgery saying Mr. Ryan said he had eaten, but that he didn't look well at all and that I would keep an eye on him. 
Thank you, Taylor. That all sounds very reasonable and in keeping with providing the best care for Mr. Ryan. But what did he think? I felt really embarrassed when that girl from reception came over and loomed over me in a threatening way, asking if I had eaten and how many drugs I had had. That must have sounded really bad to the other people in the waiting room, like I was some kind of junkie or something. Then she all but accused me of lying before she flounced off and sat tapping away at a computer, eyeballing me over the rim of the reception desk. A different perspective through each of their eyes, it seems. We can understand why Taylor went over to Mr Ryan, and it's interesting to see how he misinterpreted her good intentions. One thing Taylor could perhaps have done is sit down next to Mr Ryan when she spoke to him so she didn't seem to be quite so threatening. However, in all fairness, she would likely not perceive herself as being a threat to him. It's not uncommon for dental patients to be in the full throes of a fight or flight reaction when they attend, and Dr Lee's sage words regarding people in pain not being their best self rings true here. Mr Ryan was called through to the surgery, albeit late, due to Dr Lee completing a difficult extraction for the previous patient. Dr Lee had had a challenging morning, to say the least. Her first patient had been phobic and arrived late. Dr Lee didn't have the heart to send her away. And things had snowballed from there. From her clinical notes and the notes of the call Taylor had made in the appointment book, Dr Lee was pretty confident that the 3-6 had blown up. In all honesty, she did not need another difficult extraction right now, but she steeled herself and called Mr Ryan through. Dr Lee, would you like to take over? Mr Ryan is in many ways a typical patient here. He's a nice man, but his teeth just aren't important to him. Every time I see that 3-6, I shudder. It's a ticking time bomb. And I try to explain it every time without sounding like I'm nagging him. I suppose I should be glad that it isn't Christmas Eve, as isn't that always when these time bomb teeth blow up? I invited Mr Ryan through, and I agreed immediately with Taylor's assessment. He looked simply awful. And I always think the bottle of water to the face is a bad sign. He was in some serious pain. I updated his medical history and asked him some questions about the tooth, quickly establishing yes, it was the 3-6. I had a look and took a new x-ray, which confirmed the periapical area had increased in size. The tooth was TTP, and I probed around to see if I could get some drainage through the gingival sulcus. I couldn't. So it was extraction or nothing today, as I was taught to never let the sun go down on undrained pus. There was no way I was getting through that crown, core and old root filling to get drainage. I discussed the options, set out the risks and warnings, telling him it would be difficult, and Mr Ryan asked me to remove the tooth. All I could feel was the pain. I felt a bit patronised when I was told it was that tooth we talked about. I knew this day would come. I'm not an idiot, but I'm here now to get it sorted. She said it would be difficult. But every extraction I've had seemed pretty difficult to me. I just wanted her to get me numb and get on with it. I administered an ID block and buccal infiltrations and checked that the tooth was numb before proceeding, as I was unsure if the infection would interfere with the anaesthesia. All seemed okay. I luxated the tooth and got some good movement on it. I applied the cow horns as I find these work best in my hands, and Mr Ryan yelped really loud and grabbed my hand. It scared me and I lost some purchase on the tooth. I heard an almighty crack and looked at my forceps. 
The mesial root with the post core and crown were out, but the distal root was not. I applied some gauze and explained I would need to remove the distal root, possibly by a surgical approach. Honestly, the most painful thing I've ever experienced. Of course I grabbed her, but I didn't hurt her, not like she hurt me. My head was swimming and I thought I was going to throw up. She started talking about a bit being left and more to do. I just nodded. Whatever. I wanted this over. It was no good. The distal root wouldn't budge and Mr. Ryan was getting more and more agitated and upset. He looked far worse than before. Pretty green, in fact. I decided that the surgical approach was my only option and advised Mr. Ryan to obtain his consent. He decided he had had enough for today, which I understood. So I talked through his options, including seeing a maxillofacial surgeon or perhaps trying again another day. Mr. Ryan was very keen to leave, so I discharged him and asked how he was getting home. He said he was driving and he was fine. So I arranged to call him the next day and apologised that I had not been able to extract the whole tooth. I asked Taylor to charge for the X-ray consultation only. I was really shaken as he had scared me when he yelled and lashed out. It really topped off my terrible morning. I'm not ashamed to say that I went into the bathroom and I had a cry after he had gone. She said about cutting my gum, no way, absolutely no way, not today, I've had enough. Then she started talking at me about all this stuff, it could be left, it couldn't be left, some sort of long specialist name, I won't see specialists, they're too expensive, she knows that. She said she was sorry and I didn't know why, I thought she meant for the pain, I know why now. She should have never touched me, she gave me something to bite on said I had to come back for another look and maybe some more treatment, gave me some paper with instructions on and took me to reception. I paid the girl and left. I nearly fainted when I got back in the car. On reflection, I don't think they should have rushed me out and let me drive. And she charged me. Do you think Dr. Lee did the right thing? What else could you or would you have done here? And what do you think is going to happen next? Perhaps we should check in on Mr. Ryan. This has been the worst two weeks of my life. First the pain that sent me to the dentist, then the awful pain when the tooth broke, and then once the numbing wore off, I felt like I had been punched in the face. I still couldn't eat, and the gaping hole kept weeping and weeping. In the end, I was up half the night retching up blood, which is really distressing, especially for my wife. She wanted me to go to the emergency department, but I really don't like doctors. If you go to the doctor, they find something wrong with you. By the next day, I had stopped vomiting, but I felt worse than ever. I started throwing up my painkillers later that day. I still couldn't eat. I had some pumpkin soup in the end, and I'm sick of it now. It's all I could eat for over a week. I'd like to think I'm pretty tough when it comes to pain, but this was the worst. And then all these bits started coming out of the socket. They must be tooth and bone, I guess, because they were hard. I'm starting to wonder how much she left in there. This isn't normal. It can't be. Had Dr. Lee known of this, she would have got Mr. Ryan in to see what she could do and things would likely have been much better for him. We cannot know why he had so much pain, but we can speculate that the immediate pain was related to his original infection and he may have suffered with a dry socket after the event. But why didn't Dr. Lee know? Taylor, can you shed any light on this? 
I tried to call Mr. Ryan the next day and it went to voicemail. I didn't leave a message as the other phone lines started ringing. I meant to get back to it, but we've been so busy. Mr. Ryan did see his GP about the vomiting and got some stomach medication, which settled things down and some antibiotics for the pain. What do you think about that, about the prescription of antibiotics here? Once the pain resolved, Mr. Ryan mulled over the events and decided he would send an email to the practice. He felt very strongly Dr. Lee should have managed things differently, maybe given him some antibiotics or got one of the other dentists at the practice to pull the tooth out if it was so complex. Dear Dr. Lee, I am unhappy with the botched extraction on Friday three weeks ago. I have been in pain and vomiting for over two weeks because of your negligence. Firstly, I've spoken to my doctor and he says you should have given me antibiotics and got me back for the extraction. You didn't give me enough needles, so I wasn't numb, and then you broke the tooth anyway. I know the tooth was bad, but if it was too hard for you, then you shouldn't have done it. You should have got the male dentist to do it. And then you charged me for it. And you and the receptionist couldn't wait to get me out of the surgery in case other people saw you're incompetent. I demand you pay me compensation for three weeks off work and pain and suffering as this was caused by your negligence. If you're incompetent, you shouldn't be taking teeth out and hurting people like you hurt me. Maybe go and do some extra education about when to use antibiotics and how to take teeth out. As unfair and aggressive as that letter sounds, regretfully, these letters arrive all too commonly from patients when things have not gone to plan. Mr. Ryan genuinely believes he's been wronged and that Dr. Lee ought to have prescribed antibiotics for him. After all, his doctor said so. All of the risks and warnings and the conversations about the referral, both before the extraction and on the day, have been forgotten. Mr. Ryan is not concerned about how this letter will make Dr. Lee feel. He believes himself to be a victim of her incompetence. Taylor sees the email the next morning at the practice. I cannot believe this. What a horrible, horrible man. Dr. Lee is an absolute sweetheart and she's good at taking teeth out. It's not her fault his grotty tooth broke and he wouldn't listen and do what he was asked. And I see he had a swipe at me too. Male dentist indeed. How sexist. Well, he can wait because I'm not showing this to Dr. Lee today. It's her birthday and she deserves to have a nice day. Taylor didn't show Dr. Lee the letter for four days and Dr. Lee responded as we would expect. Incompetent and negligent. He called me incompetent and negligent. After all those times I have helped him and squeezed him in. He has basically ignored everything I have said. I thought I would give him the information and let him make up his own mind what to do. And I get treated like this. Antibiotics? Where do they get these GPs from? And to say it's because I'm a girl, I am so angry right now. Three weeks off work. He should have come back if he had a problem. He should have taken care of himself in the first place. But maybe I should have checked he was okay the next day, as Taylor did say she couldn't get onto him. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give him money. Dr. Lee did not think to contact Dental Protection to seek our advice and instead dashed off this email while still feeling very angry and hurt. Dear Mr. Ryan, thank you for your email. I do not agree with anything you say and I find your allegations to be rude and offensive. If you had not grabbed me during the extraction, which is assault, then the tooth may have come out intact. 
It is wrong of you to call me incompetent, and I take umbrage at your sexist remarks. You are also incorrect. I did not charge you for the extraction, although I would have been within my rights to do so. I only charged for the consultation and the x-ray, and it goes against our guidance to prescribe antibiotics for someone in your situation, so your GP is also wrong. I think it would be best for both of us if you find a new dentist. While we can understand how hurt and upset Dr Lee is, we would never recommend an email of this nature be sent. Our role at Dental Protection is to protect you, your reputation and your registration and all of our advice is based in this. Regretfully, these emotional emails are often not well received by the patient concerned and invariably lead to the patient escalating the matter. Indeed, this is what happened in this case, as Dr. Lee very swiftly received a letter from the regulatory body regarding her conduct. For ease of reference, as the regulator has different names across the different states or territories in Australia, we will refer to this as the Dental Board. In her letter from the Dental Board, Dr. Lee was asked to address the following. Her diagnosis and assessment of the tooth, her treatment planning, whether the extraction was within her scope of practice, whether she ought to have referred to a specialist and whether her interactions with Mr. Ryan after the event were inappropriate for a healthcare professional. Fortunately, Dr. Lee contacted Dental Protection and one of our team of advisors reviewed the matter and they can share what they thought. I think we can all agree we have been in this position with a patient. You can tell them and tell them and they do nothing about it then when things go wrong, the whole extraction is so much harder and more urgent than it would have been otherwise. Often they are irregular attenders. Often in their distress, they can be rude to the staff. And equally as often, they leave broken appointments, last minute cancellations, and sometimes bad debts in their wake. Needless to say, we all have these patients. Now, our role as advisors involves assessing our members' vulnerability to criticism when a complaint is made about a practitioner. By that I mean assessing the clinical records, the consent process, the treatment provided, and the response to any complaints. Dr. Lee had assessed the matter appropriately and provided all of the appropriate information to Mr. Ryan. Sometimes in the practice of dentistry, things don't go to plan and teeth do break during extraction. Dr. Lee could have considered a surgical approach in the first instance, but we all choose to utilise different methods for taking teeth out based on our experience and what works best for us. The PAX ray would suggest that the tooth didn't break because of poor planning or poor technique. It just broke because sometimes these things happen. The only place where Dr. Lee let herself down here was the angry email. It's completely understandable that Mr. Ryan had pushed her buttons, but these hastily composed and poorly thought out emails are almost always more harmful than helpful. No matter how inflammatory a complaint may be, the dental board holds health professionals to a higher standard of behaviour than our patients. Now, I had to explain this to Dr. Lee and she was understandably very upset. I reassured her that clinically everything she had done was accepted practice, and that we would help her with the dental board matter every step of the way. I was a bit worried about Dr. Lee as the complaint seemed to be weighing very heavily on her. So I put her in contact with our confidential counseling service. We then drafted the submission together 
explaining what she said and what she did and why. The dental legal consultant from Dental Protection assisted Dr. Lee in drafting her submission to the Dental Board in response to their concerns. Assisted by Dental Protection, Dr. Lee was able to explain her point of view through the submission, including that she had not been dismissive of Mr. Ryan in the first instance, as he claimed. She was able to explain her findings and her rationale for treatment. Dr. Lee advised that on reflection, she could perhaps have considered a surgical approach in the first instance. Dr. Lee chose to undertake some hands-on CPD regarding extractions, as although the extraction was well within her scope, her confidence had been somewhat impacted by the events of that day. Dr. Lee also attended a webinar regarding the therapeutic guidelines, so she was completely up to date regarding the guidance surrounding when to prescribe. This was all included in her response to the dental board, as insight is an important part of any response to a complaint. Critically, Dr. Lee also included an apology to Mr. Ryan for the distress he had suffered and for her sharp email in response to his complaint. Dr. Lee was also able to evidence that she had not charged for the incomplete extraction and that efforts had been made to contact Mr. Ryan, albeit unsuccessfully, as evidenced in her clinical records. The dental board reviewed the matter and had the following to say. It's clear that Dr. Lee assessed Mr. Ryan appropriately and the extraction was within Dr. Lee's scope of practice. The dental board acknowledges that Dr. Lee has undertaken some targeted CPD and extractions and also acknowledges the CPD regarding the current therapeutic guidelines. The dental board considers the treatment of Mr. Ryan was appropriate as it acknowledges the teeth may fracture during extraction, even in the most competent of hands. However, as acknowledged by Dr. Lee, it may be that a surgical approach would have been warranted here. The dental board values Dr. Lee's insight regarding where she could have approached things differently. One matter of concern to the board was her response to Mr. Ryan's email. The board would like to draw Dr. Lee's attention to the code of conduct, which states that an important part of the practitioner-patient-client relationship is effective communication. This involves listening to patients or clients, asking for and respecting their views about their health. It goes on to say that when a complaint is made, Patients or clients have a right to complain about their care. Good practice involves providing a prompt, open and constructive response, including an explanation and, if appropriate, an apology. The board does not believe that Dr Lee's response reflects this and cautions her to ensure all future communications with patients are appropriate and in accordance with this guidance moving forwards. On consideration of the material, the board finds that Dr. Lee's treatment was acceptable. However, we are issuing a caution regarding her contact following the complaint. The caution will not be visible on Dr. Lee's registration. Dr. Lee's apology will be passed on to Mr. Ryan and he will be notified of the outcome. All in all, this outcome was the best Dr. Lee could hope for in light of her inappropriate response to this complaint. It's important to note that Mr. Ryan's view that Dr. Lee was incompetent was indeed incorrect, and this was borne out by both peer review and also the review of the dental board, whose role it is to protect the public. Oftentimes we find the patient may hold a very strong view about the ability or the conduct of a practitioner that is wrong. 
There are some lessons we can learn from this case, and I'm going to hand back over to my colleague, the dental legal consultant who assisted in this matter, to summarise those. This situation is one that reflects that our duty of care to a patient often extends past the treatment we provide. In essence, Dr Lee did nothing wrong, and the patient's allegations of incompetence are unfounded and unreasonable. She did, however, let herself down by her reflex and defensive email reply in fighting back at Mr Ryan. Having spoken to Dr Lee, it seems that this was very much out of character for her. She was upset by the allegations and reacted accordingly. Dental protection are always here to help. And this is an example of where our advice to Dr. Lee, which would have been to temper the content of the email, could have potentially averted the formal complaint to the dental board in the first instance by helping to respond on to Mr. Ryan's concerns and calm the situation down. We have the advantage of not being emotionally involved in the complaint and can therefore offer objective advice based on experience. Our role is to help you achieve the best result from any given situation. Thank you for that summary, Mike, and thank you all for joining us today. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of Case Matters. The cases discussed in Case Matters are presented as an educational aid to dental protection members and to act as a risk management tool. They're based on issues arising in dental protection cases in Australia and some facts have been naturally altered to preserve confidentiality. If you liked this episode of Case Matters and would like to hear more episodes on different topics, please complete the short survey available in the episode notes. If you like dental protection podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review. 